Yo, 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 what up, baby? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Football Without Hesitation. As usual, it is Oz here behind the mic. And, oh, man, this is exciting. So, I mean, it, it's been a while. It's been a while since I fucking last published an episode. I mean, it's been maybe four months, close to four months. And it was partly, mostly really due to life stuff. Unfortunately, like I said, I, I, so I do have this network of podcasts and so I focus a lot of them and unfortunately my poor little soccer show ends up suffering a lot of the time when, when I really have to focus on the other things but but again I, I love it I can't not talk about soccer I, I just absolutely love it I love what's happening in this country and how much it's growing and how exciting that stuff is um, but also I you know I, I got to be honest, you know, covering uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, which, again, I, I love the I love the quakes. So that's my team. I got the flag right here on the wall. It's never going away. But damn, they're just they're just so unambitious. And they're like like, like the color gray of MLS. If MLS was a color spectrum, the, the earthquakes would be the gray part of it. And I'm not going to lie, dude, like not not only does the, the team really not do much on the pitch and there doesn't seem to be much happening for the future. And also, you know, they don't really create too much content to talk about. It's, it's kind of a black hole sometimes. So, you know, you're sitting there recycling the same shit you've been talking about for weeks. Cause that's what the team's saying. But anyway, that's a small part of it, dude. Let's just be real. I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't give a fuck. They don't, the team doesn't have to say shit. I could talk about them when you know every week if I want. But you know, it was really more more of the life stuff and the other shows that that really took the precedent. And but also, you know, as because, dude, even though it's it's on and off, I've been doing football without hesitation now for you know the better part of a decade. And so in, in that time, it's amazing how, how much the, the American soccer landscape has changed. Now you have, again, USL Championship really settling itself into that second division there. And they have some really cool stuff. I, I love that they're not out there trying to compete with MLS in their markets. They're kind of sticking to other markets that aren't really well represented. And they end up getting some pretty good support sometimes. And yeah, so around here we we had Oakland Roots. So anyone you know that's listened to the show for a while, or at least the last several episodes, you you saw that I was already you know talking more about the Roots and you know covering them and and seeing what they're doing because I, I love what they're doing and I know again as as the show goes on you'll you'll see that it's going to focus a lot more on this Monterey Bay team, but Oakland Roots still I love what they're doing, man. Everything they're doing is is fucking awesome, and so I can't help but but still continue to follow them and, and see what's up. So, yeah, so that was the plan. That was the plan, you know. It was like, all right, let's add some Oakland roots in there and the San Jose earthquakes, and, and yeah, we can really talk about some Bay Area soccer. And then all of a sudden, they announced this team, Monterey Bay FC, right here playing fucking 15 minutes away from our studios in Seaside at the campus of CSUMB, and I'm just like, fuck, we got to cover them. We got to cover what the hell they're doing. So definitely – this show is kind of transforming into that. It's still a San Jose earthquake show. You'll still see the colors. This is still a show about the San Jose earthquakes, but now that there's so much more to talk about, you know, so now we're, I'm going to include Oakland roots talk and Monterey Bay FC, especially Monterey Bay FC. Again, that's the local team. They're brand new. 
they're building this momentum locally and it has the opportunity to really really unify this community i know if you don't if you're not from around here you're kind of confused you know but even the again the, but there's the two different social environments the monterey peninsula and the salinas valley and historically they've not really met met in the middle and seaside's like geographically in the middle so it, it, it's kind of fitting that that's where there's a chance to bring everybody together so anyway so yeah so in the coming weeks months whatever I, i'm going to focus a lot on monterey bay fc want to build that hype want to put information out there want to let people know what the hell this team's doing um but also again san jose earthquakes it, that's still the that's still the main driver that's still what's happening but anyway i just wanted to announce that little new format change there it's still going to be the same show it I, I don't plan on going any longer you know 45 50 minutes at most and yeah and we'll cover we'll cover all of them we'll try I'll, I'll fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll try. I, I am excited for this Monterey Bay team. I'm excited for the new MLS season and I'm excited. It's a world cup year. I mean, I know politically it's kind of weird where it's at and it's fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You hear the fucking shit that, that's going on, but ultimately it's international soccer and it, it's fucked up what's happening. And we <clears throat> definitely should be aware. And if you want to boycott it, go, go fucking go ahead. Go fucking ahead. You you have there are more than enough reasons to boycott this World Cup. It's just Google it. There's a bunch of shit. So anyway, it's an exciting year. It's an exciting soccer year. But let let's get into this shit, man. Let's talk. I, I can go on and on about the format change, but we need to talk. We need to talk San Jose Earthquakes, man. We need to talk San Jose Earthquakes. Actually, speaking of Monterey Bay FC, that they they held another uh, friendly today or scrimmage. I guess it would be more. More apt. Monterey Bay FC one, one to nothing. How about that? Shut out the fucking quakes. You got si- <laughs> now, but that's cool. That's exciting, and, and that's what's awesome. That you know, again, both for Monterey Bay FC and San Jose Earthquakes. You know, Monterey Bay, they're a brand new team, so they definitely love you know the opportunity to play with a major league soccer team there. But once it's if they can figure it out, if they can get their feet under them and, and you know, be a decent little club, then that'd be nice. Good, good friendlies for the quakes. You know, they're already playing Sacramento every year and, you know, props to Sacramento, what, what they're doing, but you could, you could see how having a successful team in this area can also benefit the San Jose earthquakes, you know, get them a little bit closer to game ready on week one. But damn, this, this new San Jose earthquake season is going to be, it's going to be different for a million reasons, of course, but the main one is, dude, Wando's gone. I'm right here staring at his bobblehead. He's holding four fucking soccer balls, and he broke the record, man. So, yeah, so this is, again, I mean, it's hard to say that, like, oh, you know, he like it waned off or whatever, but fuck, though, the Wando was producing till the very last fucking match that he played. He was fucking a part of the team, and so... So it's tough to be like, oh, you know, eh. he, he his career just kind of faded out and now he's gone. But it's like, damn, not only is a team legend, the legend probably of the team, probably he is, I mean, he is the quake. Go back to Clash, whatever the hell, it's Wando. But not only that, not only are you are you you taking that pillar and and you know taking it off the pitch, but it's a it's a he was a productive part of the team. He was still producing. I mean, granted, the, those legs had a lot of miles on them, 
a lot of miles, probably could still go another season, but it, it was pretty obvious that, you know, this, this team at some point was going, was going to have to go somewhere else, was going to have to try something different. And yeah, and it was cool that that happened that way. Cause you see, uh, you know, like in the NFL, what happened with, I almost forgot like Tom Brady with Tom Brady or, or the kind of what, you know, what seems to be happening with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you know, like, man, sometimes these breakups with these, these legendary figures can, can leave a bad taste in your mouth. But, you know, it, it was cool how it happened with, with Wando. We didn't have none of that. We didn't have none of that drama. It was a little, you know, strange because of the COVID restrictions and all that, but but again, but it, there wasn't no off-field drama for a year and stuff that that would have, you know, that would have made the, that career kind of end on a sour note. Anyway, this team without Wando, not only are they going to have to replace that offensive production, but also just that fucking spirit. And, dude, they've been doing a decent job. I mean, Chris Leach is an MLS guy. He's been with the team for a long time, so he's finally doing what Fiorinelli never did, and he's signing players within MLS. He's using, I mean, because there's GAM and TAM and DPs and all this. It's a, it's a pretty complicated roster system in Major League Soccer. So Chris Leach seems to understand it, and he's making moves. That Jebo move was a big move. He kind of cemented his place right there quickly, as in like, yo, I'm in charge now, and I know what the fuck I'm doing. They got Jamiro Montero from Philly, that was a that was a big one. He's, I think he was a DP. Yeah, he was a DP at Philly, and they signed him as a DP contract as well. Midfielder, a lot of assists, twenty one assists in the league in three years, and yeah, he just. I mean, it just seemed like he there was just no space for him in in Philly. So it's not like, you know, like like that you're taking a chance on him. You this guy's played in MLS. He succeeded. He's just the the team he was at was going in a different direction, and and the Quakes got him. And that's what that to me is the really the most exciting thing. And I know, like, because to be quite honest, I feel like this is a, a mid-table team at best. I mean, that that's it's it has a, the uh, always you know there's always a chance that this can go really bad for the Quakes, and we're looking at another wooden spoon contending season. Luckily, FC Cincinnati exists, and I kind of take some of that pressure off of. <laughs> But um, but anyway, yeah. This Jamino Montero seems like like a really really great signing. Uh, I mean, Espinosa is already good at creating chances, so it's not like the Quakes have have the problem has been finishing a lot of the time. But a lot of the times, it seems like the problem is finishing because there's a lot of pressure on players like Trophies or Kate Cowell to also contribute more than just goal scoring. You know, actually trying to contribute in the play. So. It's exciting to to have another player. You know, you add we have Espinoza on the right. I'm assuming Hamid's going to play in the midfield in the middle, and yeah, dude, and that that's a pretty scary thing because Espinoza has shown himself to be one of the best playmakers or shot creators in Major League Soccer when he's on. Fuck, dude, because he can he can be off. But again, but but again, if he's off or if you can shut that down somehow, then the, the Quakes' offense is pretty weak. It's it's so fuck. It was it was such a, a weak point without Espinoza, the the team just was weak. Was not they would never threaten. Oh man, you take Espinoza and Yule out, this team's lucky lucky to not lose four to nothing. So anyway, so that that was a problem because as good as Espinoza is, 
then it was pretty easy to be like, all right, if you could somehow neutralize that, then your you know your, your defense has a lot less pressure to, to deal with. And then with the earthquakes, you know, if you if the defense has, doesn't have to deal with pressure and you could just take the ball from them and counterattack, whoa, fuck. <laughs> the quakes are chasing you. Yeah, it's going to be a bad day for the quakes. So again, that that's why that this signing to me is pretty cool or I I really like, you know. And then also, dude, it, it seems like, you know, Chofis is probably going to be gone in the summer. Rumors are that, you know, they try to make a permanent transfer deal with Chivas and it didn't work out. So more than likely, he'll be gone in the summer. And that's another offensive weapon gone. You know, you're going to have to rely on Cape Cow a lot more, I think, at that point. And it looks like he, you know, he will be capable at some point, but he's still young. So, yeah, so it, it's great to see, again, that adding that protection there with, with Hamido, who's proven himself to be MLS-capable player. He's a DP. So, so yeah, it should be exciting. The, the Quakes should have more more opportunities, have more chances. But, again, who's going to finish him? Who's going to finish him? Is Trophy's going to go off for a dozen before the summer? Is Cal going to figure it out and, and have 10 goals? Someone's, someone's going to have to finish those chances. Because it looks like they're going to come. And then uh, the Quakes also signed Jan. The old Jan Gregus was a DP for Minnesota. This is one that it didn't seem to work out. Not saying it's done, but, I mean, he was a DP for Minnesota. He's not a, did not a DP for the San Jose Earthquakes. And honestly, it looks like more like a depth signing. But that's good. Again, another M- MLS player with MLS cred. And yeah, and if it's just depth, especially on the defense where the the quakes, fuck, dude. Oh my god, it's scary because uh, when everybody is healthy and then nobody has any yellow card accumulation suspensions, then again, it like like I was I was saying it last season. Like it, it, I finally that feeling of like fuck, man, is it gonna be another four nothing, five nothing? Uh, that that kind of was gone, you know, when you have that defense when you had. Nathan there and fucking beast and playing like a beast and Alani's well he's gone now but yeah again when, when that defense was had it, it's it's top men it was a very capable defense and then you just wondered can they put goals in but you took one of those players out you take Nathan out woo, all of a sudden you're trying to put Yule back there or some shit like it just it doesn't work it doesn't work and and again, and a team that plays with such thin margins, I guess, you know, that has so much pressure on itself to succeed offensively. When you're weak defensively, fuck, dude. Again, when you start chasing those balls, when you have teams with a good counterattack, when you play the fucking Portlands of the world, that's when it gets bad. That's when all of a sudden you go back to the four zeros, five to one type losses. And so you need depth. You need depth on that place. You you need to be to be able to you know, if you're playing in the U.S. Open Cup and all these extra matches, that you have to have players that can go in there and you're not concerned that you're going to give up a half a dozen goals. So, again, so while while Gregus didn't seem really to, to pan out like the great player that, that he could have been, he's still a, a veteran MLS player. And, and that's the big stuff, you know. The Quakes didn't do much and they weren't expected to to do much. Again, it's still a weird transfer market out there this whole covid shit has everybody 
I'm I'm not I don't know too much about the, the soccer the business side of soccer, but you can see you can read the fucking articles. People are like it's still not right. Players aren't going for as much as they should be. Everyone's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen after this, so that they're not really requesting to be transferred as much. So, uh, so so yeah. So I don't know what the Quakes can really do in the summer. I think anyone that's been a Quakes fan for more than four years should at this point realize that this big splashy summer signing that that's going to change our trajectory is probably not going to happen. That and that's just the reality. It fucking sucks. <laughs> I would love to be like, this is the year, this is the year, but probably not. I know Chris, you know, Chris Leach is doing some some good in, intra-league signings, but again, the chances of, of a team, of this team dropping money on this big splashy player is, is very low. And again, especially with, with more, this being Almeida's more than likely his last season, that'd be a, even a normal team would probably not go out and splash that much money because you never know what the new manager is going to want. The new manager can be like, this is not my guy. This is, this is not, I wouldn't have signed this guy. And you're stuck for three or four years with a dude that's getting a lot of money and, and is out of place. So I really doubt, you know, I really doubt that, that the team's going to sign anybody in the summer or big, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe another another line signing from within the league that can that can make a difference, but... Let's be real. This this team or this front office is playing with some very conservative or financially conservative ownership, and all they can do is their best. You know, this isn't um, all of a sudden they're not going to turn into Seattle. They're not going to turn into LAFC. They're not going to turn into Atlanta. They're not going to turn Orlando. All these, damn, they're they're not. They're not going to change. There's no way why we're going to wake up tomorrow and the Quakes all of a sudden have a new culture around them the front office we know what it is and that's cool you know that that's cool it's not terrible it's one of the worst but it's probably not the worst <laughs> that's where we, that's where we're all right at fans like it's one of the worst but there's worse but even the worst ones man you see what the fuck dallas is doing what the fuck dallas shit you see what colorado's doing see if i can real saw lake what what is and here we are Coming out with black and white jerseys. So yeah. So anyway, I, like I said, it's I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited, you know, because it, it can. It, there's a lot of things that can go right, and if they do, this is a pretty fucking exciting team. You know, trophies can go off, and and all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's less pressure on him to do to be a creator, and he could just focus on scoring, and it works. Th- this could be the year that fucking Cade fig- figures it out. And I don't mean figures it out as in like like he's struggling. I mean, he's young, but I mean all he could just blossom in, into this superstar this year. It, you know, Espinoza can can finally finally finish and you know and contribute not just assists but and also goals. He 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 has opportunities. He's just had trouble finishing while he's been in San Jose, but I, he can figure that out. Jebo can can just. Annihilate man, I've been talking all this. I haven't even talked about Jebo. I was talking I was saying fucking Hamido's gonna go to trophies. Hamido's going to fucking Jebo. What? <sighs> yeah. Um as you could tell, that's that's rust right there. That's rust. But and, and exactly okay, see there you go. There you go, man. You you could have Hamido playing the Jebo and Jebo goes off. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, this team is pretty dangerous. But I mean 
it's it's another season of like if if all this goes right there's a chance if all this goes right there's a chance and and that's the same thing for for every team in the league but other teams are saying if all this goes right we're going to be contending for MLS Cup but the San Jose Earthquakes is every if if everything goes right we're going to be contending for one of the last playoff spots <laughs> i mean that, that, that's where we're it's different you know but but then that's where especially the the Almeida Earthquakes you get them you know you get them in the playoffs with a little bit of depth, you know, because man, yeah, they they get in there. The last time they got in there, they just you could just see the exhaustion. And Almeida system is very demanding, and that was just one game too much. And but yeah, so you got another year under the system. You got a little bit more depth. If you can sneak into the playoffs, that's a pretty scary team. We everyone has seen what the Quakes the again the Almeida Quakes are like in do or die situations. They're pretty fucking scary to deal with. And they're they're not afraid of any team in the league when the game's on the line. So even so you can sneak into the playoffs, and once you're in the playoffs, it's it's a whole new season. It's a whole new fucking season. So um, but again, you're hoping for a lot of things to go right. You're hoping for a lot of things to work that haven't worked in the past. You know, and you you got a a coach who's might be a lame duck year, you know. He He's already established. His reputation is there. If he doesn't succeed with the Quakes, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to hurt his value very much. He, I, I think people see that he's improved this team. I, I think more people would say that this team is better off now than when they signed him. And I agree. I agree. Oh, there's so many people that are like, oh, he, I've seen a lot of comments of like he only trusts experience. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, he he has he leans towards players that he's comfortable with. But I just look at Tommy Thompson. To me, the Almeida resurrected or saved, I don't know, what, whatever you want to call it, Tommy Thompson's career. Tommy Thompson was languishing as a forward, not getting any playing time, doing fancy little tricks at halftime, trying to get anybody, everybody to go, you know, to convince the coaching staff to play him. He would get shit minutes. Be three to one in the eighty eighth minute, and they would bring in Tommy Thompson. Uh, the chances that he would get, you could—I don't know—I just would see like ah, he just—he doesn't have that finishing killer instinct that you want from a forward. But he's—but he was a great player. He was super talented. And here comes Almeida, and tells him, "Dude, you're gonna be a right back. <laughs> you're little." Yeah, yeah, you've been a forward your whole earthquakes career, but I think you're going to be on the defense. And and again, he struggled. Tom Thompson struggled a lot, but he eventually figured it out to the point where if I see Tommy Thompson starting on the defense, I don't even question it. I don't, you know, it, it's definitely not the best option in the league, but he was never going to be this starting every day forward it just didn't seem like that that's what was gonna happen i mean he's he was still young and he's still young to this day but who was gonna give him that chance who was gonna give him the regular playing time nobody did nobody did but almeida almeida saw his potential kate cowell again i'm still convinced kate cowell would have not got you know dude i'm trying to think who the i'm stuck on watson we're way past mark watson (laughs) 
But he would, dude, Cade Cowell would not have got the opportunity to play and struggle and succeed like he did under Almeida. Almeida, he started a fucking 17-year-old man. Are you telling me the other fucking managers would have done that? Nah, dude. Ah, oh, that was so so anyway, so that that's what confuses me when when I see people that like say that, oh Almeida just trusts veteran talent. Like, fuck no. If Almeida sees something in you, he'll throw you into the into the fucking pit. And if you can and if you survive, you stay playing. That, that that's what it is with this team, man. That's what it is with him. He'll he'll start a player and if they have a great match, he'll keep them in there. He'll keep them in there until they don't have a great match. And then he'll throw the next guy in there and have have him have, try to have a great match. So, yeah, so I don't know. I don't really agree with the all he goes with is experience. There's plenty of, of, of chances that he gave to the young player. Marcos Lopez, man. Look what Marcos Lopez is now. He wouldn't have been that without Almeida. Almeida took the chance on him, and he struggled, and Almeida kept taking chances on him. And now Marcos Lopez... Again, you see him in the starting lineup, and you don't blink, you don't question it. So anyway, I just I just had to say that because man, I've seen that those comments a lot. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Where have you been there the last three seasons? I mean, were you there? You know, a couple seasons before, where Tommy Thompson again was just just a, a trick guy at halftime. Where Kate Cowell was a sixteen year old that probably would have not got any significant minutes. Anyway, go Quakes, baby. <laughs> I'll still be there. Still got my season tickets. Still be showing up, buying my $15 beers. I still got faith. But anyway, let's switch over real quick. And let's talk about this new new team out here in Seaside at the CSUMB. Monterey Bay FC. Union. They're, they're saying Union's not their official nickname, but they keep putting Union everywhere. So it looks like they're going to go by Union. So, yeah, so they're going to play, and I'll get more into to this next week because I know a lot of people are going to start following them and learning about this now, and people are going to be so fucking confused. Now, a lot of people don't know much about American soccer as it is, so to know about different divisions, that's even crazier. So, yeah, so in the next weeks, uh, the season doesn't start till March 12th, so I'm going to take the next several weeks to try to teach people a little bit about who they are, what the league is, and what the implications are, all that stuff. So anyway, let's get into this. So yeah, Monterey Bay FC, they're going to be playing in what's called the USL Championship. It's the second division of American soccer. So Major League Soccer is the first division, the top dog. And right under that, you have USL Championship. And USL Championship has five other teams in California, which is fucking exciting. You know, it has way more opportunity, you know, because right now in Major League Soccer, you have San Jose and the two L.A. teams. But in USL Championship, you have, again, Monterey Bay FC, Oakland Roots, Sacramento Republic, L.A. Galaxy 2, which, again, that's going to go away because the league, how MLS is doing their lower league. Orange County Loyal. Is it, or, no, it's San Diego Loyal, I believe, in Orange County FC. So, yeah, you have a little tiny league right there just in California. And, again, this is the second division of America, the American Soccer Pyramid. It is a fully professional league. Everybody that is on the team is being paid a professional contract. This isn't like the amateur leagues where it's just college kids 
on break. These are professional soccer players. The The matches are streamed on ESPN+. Plus. So if you have that, bully for you, man, because you can watch your team and everybody else. It's fucking dope when it's exciting. When it's exciting. When the season's going, there's all you know, on a Saturday, you know, you can just flip on and you're going to be able to watch some soccer. And then USL Championship, again, is second division. It is high-level competition. It's exciting you know, some of the lower ones, you can, you know, it's still pretty amateurish. It's still fun. But USL Championship is highly competitive. A lot of these players do go on to play in Major League Soccer. And, yeah, and they're they're fun games. So, yeah, so so all, all the matches, again, will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Monterey Bay FC is owned by a businessman by the name of Ray Bashoff. Ray, ba- I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But Ray or Mr. Beshoff here made his makes money in the car sales industry. He has Infinity and Mercedes dealership in San Jose. He used to ha- have one in Fresno, but he sold that, sold them. So yeah, so this team is actually kind of a a relocation of the Fresno team. There used to be a team in Fresno called Fresno FC, also owned by Mr. Beshoff and. Their thing is they, they try to get a stadium. They're, they're out in Fresno. They would play, I believe, in Chuck Chansey Park, which is a baseball field, but they wanted their own place. I mean, it makes sense. You know, when it comes to, to financial stuff, you know, if you're renting a stadium, not only does that cost money, but more than likely you can't sell the naming rights to it. You know, Chuck Chansey Park is Chuck Chansey Park. They, when, if they rent it, that's what it's called. They can't just call it Honda Stadium more of a sudden. It's Chick Chansey Park. They can't charge for parking. They can't charge the beer spots to pour beer there. There's a, a lot of missed opportunities for money when you rent a stadium, and it, it just adds to the cost. And again, while this is a fully professional league and the matches are very exciting and entertaining, there's still not too much money. Major League Soccer also doesn't make money, mostly. So the second division also, you know, they run on thin margins for their business. So, yeah. So, anyway, so this team couldn't figure out a stadium in Fresno. So, I don't know how, but they ended up making, finding a CSUMB stadium that needed a little bit of repairs, but it was already built. And they came up. You know, they moved the team to, again, here to Mon- the Monterey Bay area. From what I hear from the team, they've already put uh, $12 million into renovating the CSUMB stadium. It's going to be called Cardinale, Cardinale Stadium, which, again, Cardinale is a local auto group. That's so, so fun. That's probably how, I'm, you know, they probably all know each other from auto sale or car sales conventions or some shit. So, yeah, and, and that's something they couldn't do again in Fresno. I don't know how much the deal is, is for, but that's got to be a nice little deal. They're going to have a beer garden. That's going to be run by Alvarado Street Brewery, which is a local brewery. But, I mean, that's a that's a big name by now. That's a pretty well-known name on the West Coast. Also, again, what stuff that they couldn't do in Fresno. Parking, I don't know. It's at CSUMB, so I, I don't know if they have a deal with CSUMB or what. But there's plenty of parking, and, yeah, maybe they might get some cash out of that. So, anyway, a lot of, you know, because I was like, well, why didn't it work in Fresno? You know, Fresno has damn near half a million people that that's just more people than we have in the whole fucking county why didn't it work over there and and that's what it seemed like 
you know, from from all accounts. And again, big shout out to the Fresno Bee. That, that's basically all the articles I was reading was coming from them. And yeah, and that's what it, it really seemed like. They seemed to have pretty. The attendance was all right. It wasn't the best, but it it was all right. But it just they just couldn't make money. You they were they were relying. I guess you know you have to rely on the attendance at that point. And if you're not selling out every match, even if you are, it's probably still not enough. Anyway, that's why they seem to have moved Fresno. It wasn't the smoothest breakup. Also, you know, the Fresno B reported there were several vendors that didn't get paid when the team left. Uh, it wasn't like a big deal. Like it was like three hundred dollars to like several thousand. I mean, like three to five thousand. You know, which it is a significant amount of money for a small business, but not like. They didn't walk out on hundreds of thousands of dollars of goods. And then also there was a note there in the article that a couple of weeks after the article came out, everybody had been paid. So I don't know. That literally looked like some kind of clerical stuff. You know, I don't know. Things happen when you move and they squared it up with everybody. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like that was some kind of malicious intent to just get out from paying people and ultimately look like everybody got paid. So, yeah, so that's, that's another thing where you're like, all right, cool, whatever. And I was unfortunate, but I'm glad everybody got paid. So so I'm like, all right, you see that Celine or Selena, this Monterey Bay area has a smaller population. But, you know, the things that were they were struggling with, they there's not there don't seem to be problems here, I guess. You know, again, they, they got the stadium rights. They got the beer deals. They got possibly the parking so that that gives it a good chance, you know, a good chance of of succeeding here. They're definitely going to need Salinas to get involved, bro. I, I I know, I don't know. I understand the peninsula. That's where the money's at. That's where everybody knows the the beauty of the the ocean and all that shit. But thirty percent of the population at least lives just in Salinas of the whole county, and we love soccer. LSL High is currently ranked number seven in the nation, and honestly, that's kind of low. <laughs> they, they're usually a little bit higher. Hartnell, men and women were in the state championship recently. The men are, I think the women won, actually. Yeah, the women won the state championship. The men did a couple years ago or last year. It's amazing. El, El Camino Real Football Club is constantly in national tournaments. This is, yeah, Salinas is is a soccer hotbed. There's no way around it. And for this team to succeed, they're going to need us to show up. So that's that's part of the reason, again, why I'm doing this. I want, I want to teach people what this is, what this team is, how exciting of an opportunity we have. Yeah, and who they are. And they, they're, hey man, they're bringing the big dogs. They're starting off. Their manager is uh, Frank Yallop. If you're a Quakes fan, that name immediately stands out to you. And if you're not, just know that dude, Frank Yallop is, he's a British dude, but, or English, British, same shit. But it, he's he's known, you know, he's more of an American soccer guy. But I'm telling you, if there was like a, a you, you take a room full of people that are all big names in American soccer, Frank Yallop will be in that room and people will know who he is. He won two MLS championships with the San Jose Earthquakes, the, the two that, the only two that the San Jose Earthquakes have. And in 2012, he won the Supporter Shield with the San Jose Earthquakes, which the Supporter Shield is the team that has the best record in the regular season in Major League Soccer. So the dude's got the fucking resume. The dude is, well, no, the dude can 
get hired in MLS today, but he's he's coaching Monterey Bay. And so, yeah, so that's exciting to, to have that. So, you know, if again, if, if the team's going to be successful and people are going to get interested in it, they're going to have to have some kind of success. You come out winning, everyone's going to fucking love you. So Frank Yalp is, is a great start for that. And so far, as of this recording, the team has announced 16 signings. The roster's basically filled up. I mean, not filled up, but you got you got at least one player on in every position. I would assume they're gonna they're gonna announce a couple more signings before the season starts. We, you know, we're still three weeks out from the season starting, so still opportunity to sign players. Hopefully, there's some local guys. If, again, if you want to build some buzz, you got to find the local guys. They're out there. They can they can play. They can fucking play. But I don't know. You can't force that shit. So, like I said, the the season is up in three weeks. The they start on March twelfth against Phoenix Rising, and for the first couple of months they're going to play away because they're still working on the stadium. You can fo- you should follow them actually if you don't at Monter- Monterey Bay FC or just look up Monterey Bay FC wherever social media you know TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and they're posting you know they're, they're posting updates on the stadium. Fucking looking nice. It's looking nice. But because of the construction, uh, they're not going to play at home until May 7th. So the season starts March 12th. And so they're going to be on the road for the first couple of months, which is pretty cool because the last half of the season, they're going to still play all the home games that they would. I believe it's 17. But there's so they're still going to play the 17 home games, but they're going to be after May. So there's going to be a, a lot of chances to go out and watch them play live. Uh, again, they start on March 12th against Phoenix Rising. And Phoenix Rising, speaking, they've been rising, dog. And they're very appropriately named because since 2019, they've been uh, one of the strongest in USL Championship. It's going to be a nice test. It's going to be a nice test. That team's going to be ready to go. They have a fucking beautiful, beautiful facility out there in Arizona. And, yeah, so it, it, that's a good, good challenge, man. You want to start off. You want, you know, it's a good place to, to see where you stand. If you can start the season off and, and keep stay toe-to-toe with Phoenix, then, you know, things are looking up. And also, even if you stumble out of the gate, it can change. I, I, Oakland Roots last year was their first season in USL Championship. They came out of the gate stumbling hard, hard. Couldn't get their stadium in order. You know, they had to play in different parts of the Bay Area. Sometimes they couldn't allow fans. Oh man, it, it was it was it was a stumble. And then it all got figured out. Made a couple signings, got back, you know, to Laney to play at home, and they rode that momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, that, that was fucking cool. So yeah, so there's there's an opportunity, you know, first two months on the road, you know, don't have to be the most successful, but it'd be nice. So yeah, like I said, you know, that's March 12th against Phoenix. ESPN Plus, baby. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. We're going to be watching at XL Public House. If you are a local listener, XL Public House is going to be the bar, man. We're going to stream all the matches there. We're going to have fucking fun. We're going to drink some beer. So, yeah, if you're if you're around Old Town Salinas on a Saturday, stroll by XL. We'll be watching Monterey Bay FC until May 7th. May 7th, first home game at Cardinale Stadium against Las Vegas Lights. Las Vegas Lights is another, again, youngish team. They were the the LAFC affiliate, so they were the second division team for LAFC. 
Uh, Danny Masovsky played there, and that's where he earned his chops, and now that dude is a regular MLS starter. He used to play for Burlingame Dragons for the San Jose Earthquakes, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, so uh, that partnership is done because, again, uh, MLS is kind of doing their own thing. They have their own. They're trying to do like a little minor league baseball type situation, so that Las Vegas Lights partnership is probably done. I, I believe it was only for one year anyway. But that's a fun team, dude. Las Vegas Lights is another, not just a fun team, but they're fucking good. They're a good team, and it's going to be cool on May 7th that they start. Hey, that's the first match. And then another one that you got you want to put in your calendar is June 11th. June 11th, they uh, Monterey Bay plays San Antonio at home. And that's just going to be nationally televised on ESPN Deportes, dude. The big dog is coming. So, yeah, that's going to be fucking cool. If you can't make it out to the stadium, you're just going to be able to turn on ESPN Deportes. You're going to be able to watch the boys, boys from Monterey Bay against San Antonio. That's got that's got to be fun. Another Mexican area. I know Monterey is a little fancier, but they're one of us, man. So, anyway, that's what I wanted to get out. That's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to, you know, get back into doing episodes, announce the little change, you know. We're going to talk... You can't ignore the local team, man. You can't. You can't. And now that we have one, it's fucking fun. But we still have the San Jose Earthquakes. And like I was saying, there is a chance that things will go good. And, and we're fighting for a playoff spot. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I'm planning on releasing these every Friday from here on out. So, so yeah. So, pay attention. Follow. Listen. Um, yeah, where, you know, this podcast is available anywhere, anywhere po- you listen to podcasts, you know, if you're listening somewhere that's not your favorite, go to your favorite app, look up football without hesitation. We'll be there. Hit subscribe. Every time a new episode comes out, it'll be there. You'll learn all about USL championship. You'll learn about Monterey Bay FC. We'll fucking talk San Jose earthquakes. It's going to be fun, man. You again, got the world cup coming up. US open cup is, is back again. Monterey Bay FC actually plays, uh, what is it, Bay Bay Cities FC or something like that up in Redwood City. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. Anyway, Oz, thanks for listening. It's football without hesitation. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.